Welcome to the CCF Podcast. We're a campus ministry at Truman State University. This podcast features sermons from our weekly worship services. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone. My name is Joelle. Today, I have the opportunity to share snippets of my story with you all. My prayer is that through this retelling of the past, God reveals something to you or that you see some of yourself in me. It's a wonderful occasion for us to get to know one another through the spilling of my guts. Before we get into all of that, here is a picture of my family. You can really see where I get my height from. (laughs) That's right, I'm an anomaly. We have Theo, Pam, and my very small, short little brother, Jacob. Next, we got the IFG fam from last semester. Mine is Kevin and Stephanie, kind of an iconic crew. The last item on our housekeeping list are the titles. I only have one because I think it's insightful enough to not only stand alone, but also live on in infamy. I've entitled this story eloquently and thoughtfully, It's About to Get Lit. I'm just setting the bar low so it can only go up from here, right? (laughs) Testimonies are all about being honest and real, so let's start off with some transparency. I've been asked to share here at CCF a couple of times, and my excuse is that I felt self-conscious about having only one title. And having only one title is stupid, right, Reed? (laughs) That was a direct quote. To be real with you all, (laughs) I have many inhibitions when it comes to speaking in general. I would describe myself as a fearful and anxious person, so you can see why this experience would be, would cause maximum discomfort for a person like myself, and I'm sure I'm not unique in feeling this way. Many of you can relate to this sensation, but this has been a central theme in my life experience. I recognize how many of the decisions I have made have been motivated by fear. Fear of people, fear of failure, and fear of not being enough. I decided to follow God at the ripe age of four years old, but my decision was out of a longing to feel safe. I didn't truly understand what it meant to know Jesus personally. I was more concerned with what he could give me or protect me from. This characterized my relationship with the Lord through probably middle school. I would give great answers at small groups, opening up just enough to be relatable, but never fully honest. I did spiritual things and felt like if I just did my part, maybe I could have this deep, thriving relationship with the Lord like people around me did. Spoiler alert, it did not. I attended Christian school from K through eighth grade, but then I entered high school, public high school, knowing maybe two people. I left the safety of my Christian circle, which invited a whole new host of things to be afraid of. My fear of not being enough manifested itself in deep insecurity and comparison. My performance at school also caused me to feel intense stress. I was deriving my self-worth from things that fade away. I craved affirmation and felt dissatisfied with myself. 
It was around this time where I decided to add another thing to my resume as I continued to strive to always be doing the right thing. So I decided to become a small group leader at my church my sophomore year. Shortly after that, I was baptized, and then I met a boy. This is the guy, if you were wondering. <laughs> I would say this was the first time I experienced an intense testing of my faith. I was in love. And my mom was like, this is called infatuation. And I said, you do not understand. Turns out she totally did understand. Alas, we started dating, and he was not a believer at that point, so things really took a turn for the worst. I had a total shift in my language, the music I listened to, and where I derived my self-worth. I began to be extremely influenced by quote-unquote worldly ideals. You could say that this was my reputation era. I had walked away from God while trying to maintain my image in Christian spaces. I was trying to satisfy my desire of being wanted and feeling like I was enough through this relationship, and it led me down a very lonely path. I was becoming a different person, and this person was someone that a younger me would have judged so hard. There was a big gap between the person I was before my sophomore year and the one I had become. I felt especially guilty because I had really been given all the resources to become the next, I don't know, Christian TikTok influencer. I had been surrounded by strong Christian leaders and fellowship and a great church community. In retrospect, it seems that God was teaching me a major lesson about my pride. After making all these choices that I knew were not pleasing to God, because they had been drilled in my head, I decided to leave faith behind. Maybe I would feel like less of a failure if I didn't have all these Christian standards to compare myself to. After all, it's better to be cold than lukewarm. This created a new fear in me, fear of what people might think of me if they knew my story and what I had done. I felt an overwhelming sense of shame. We're hitting a peak point in the plot where the conflict is rife, but the prodigal son returned, and so did I. Junior year, after undoubtedly a lot of prayer from people close to me, God began convicting me and working on my heart. I began to make changes in my life as the Lord gently prompted me. I was understanding and learning from the mistakes that I had made in my relationship that had led me away initially. The guy I was dating became a believer, and I started reconnecting with people who pointed me back to God and uplifted me. Slowly, I began restoring the relationships that had suffered due to my decisions. Jesus redeemed me amidst my disobedience and sin. My heart was becoming receptive to the Holy Spirit's leading once again. Through all of this, I look back and see that God's hand was in my life. For the first time, I felt my need for a savior. I could see myself as a flawed person who needed God's gift of grace. This picture conceptualizes how I was beginning to feel. Like the woman at the well, embraced and seen by Jesus in all her mess and mistakes. 
Jesus saw her, and knowing all she had done, offered her living water, the only thing that could satisfy. He loved her as she was in that moment amidst her shame. I understood that Jesus wants to hold me in his arms. His perfect love casts out fear. I hope you find encouragement in this. There is no mistake we can make or guilt and shame we experience that can separate us from Christ's redeeming love. I'll say that one more time for the people in the back. There is no mistake we can make or guilt and shame we experience that can separate us from Christ's redeeming love. As I'm retelling this story, I know it may seem like everything wrapped up so nicely, but our journey with the Lord is not always linear with an upwards trend. There was a lot of restoration that happened during my junior and senior year of high school. It was sometimes painful. But through this, I recognized that posturing myself in humility allowed me to see that Jesus had been pursuing me this whole time, trying to give me a hug. At the end of my senior year, the relationship ended. A plot twist, I know. But I felt peace and acceptance. He was no longer an idol in my life, and I was ready to move on. School was closed due to the pandemic, and I had a lot of time to process my tumultuous high school years. I got to college feeling very alone, but my freshman year was actually a great time for me to find who I was in singleness. I was discovering my new and transformed self. I lived alone in my dorm room, and since I didn't have many places to go or people to be meeting, I talked to God. The Lord met me at B&B Hall. I was spiritually filled, and get this, I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't leading a small group, I was attending one. I wasn't busy with activities, I was experiencing rest. I didn't have many in-person classes, so I went to morning prayer. Much needed time for healing and growth. I felt like I could finally take a breath. It was at the end of this year that Stephanie asked me to be a part of IFG. This to me was scary, but I stepped out in faith and said no to those anxious voices. And there is so much that God has done in my life through this ministry that I would love to share with you, but I won't talk about it all because maybe you'll join IFG and find out what's brewing. But in his timing, I was now ready to serve. God had embraced me and carried me so that I could be ready for this new chapter. Last summer, I had been experiencing a time of doubt where I felt unable to connect with God and questioned whether he was there. Going into my fall semester, I was wrestling with the decision where I needed to trust God, and in prayer, I kept surrendering that situation. And incidentally, things really began to flourish in other areas of my life that I wasn't even praying for. At our IFG retreat in October, God brought my sweet friend, Yuimi, into my life, and through that relationship, I experienced the Lord in new ways. I was leaning into the work that he could do when I gave up the fickle control I tried to have over my life. That semester of IFG was so rich, and the Lord was once again showing me this truth. The only thing we have to do is listen to the Holy Spirit's prompting in us. It's not about us doing all the right things. It's about us being available. Now we rewind 
to 21 years ago when my parents were praying over me before I was born. They were given a song that they felt God placed on their hearts for me. It's an old 80s song that I'll spare you from. I'm sparing you from it. But the words are meaningful, so I'll read them to you. This is the chorus. Carry your candle, run to the darkness, seek out the hopeless, confused and torn, hold out your candle for all to see it, take your candle and go light your world. With this, they gave me the middle name of Deepika, which means little light in Hindi. This is a type of Deepika, commonly used during Diwali, which is a festival of light celebrated in India. And for this vessel to be used, it must first be opened. And this is the scary part. Fear often takes a hold of us here. It's the voice that says, you're not enough. You've messed up too many times for God to use you. If people know who you really are, they'd want nothing to do with you. It's being vulnerable through confession and even through being honest with God in prayer that we are able to be met by the Lord in our mess. This opening is us being available. They say no food or drink in Violet Hall 1000, but they never said anything about fire. <laughs> it must then be lit. Full circle. <laughs> And this, to me, represents the Holy Spirit in us. To nurture the flame within, continual surrender is involved. I wake up in the morning with a pit in my stomach, nerv nervous about my classes, feeling overwhelmed, and sometimes scared of seeing people. I still struggle with comparison and feeling insecure, but then I give it to Jesus. I write down all the things that are weighing me down, each situation that's causing me stress, and for the people in my circles. I renew my mind with scripture and underline verses that remind me of God's love, of God's character, and the way he provides for us. With this intentional time of rest in the morning, I've been setting a new rhythm for my day. I don't feel perfectly at ease in most situations, but I can compare to the way I felt when I've trusted in my own strength to get me through things, whether it's a daily struggle to perform or painful life circumstances, doing it alone was not the answer. When I do this, I feel that God is giving me what I need for that day, just enough manna for the 12 hours, and then I have to trust him for tomorrow. My prayer journal has seen its day, but when I look back, I can remember God's faithfulness and see how he's guided me. I read my cries to Jesus and remember the peace that's washed over me when I did so. These entries are my stones of remembrance or the examples of the ways that God has been, we, been with me through times of joy and times of deep shame or sorrow. As I've been reading through the prayers in preparation for this, I can see how many of them have been answered. I can see that there is hope found when we trust in the Lord, and that's all the evidence I need. I talked about my struggles with fear earlier, and I've had a revelation this past year. I was like, Joelle, do you realize that fear is really inhibiting you? 
It's stopping you from being available to what God wants to do through your life. It almost stopped me from joining IFG. It almost stopped me from forming beautiful relationships. It almost stopped me from sharing my story with you all. Because even as I was writing this, I had these voices in my head telling me, you're not equipped to do this, and people are not going to come back to CCF if you're talking. Hopefully, I'll see you guys next week. <laughs> so I would like to rephrase my earlier statements. In my own strength, I am a fearful and anxious person. But when I open my heart and posture myself in humility in front of my creator, those words have no power. <laughs>